1: and I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: A warm up, W-O. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for with myself, Greg Hughes Peterson, now part of the Beasts Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts because we really did not see a lot in terms of college basketball in the news and notes on a Tuesday. As There's a lot of teams that are going to be fielding visits from these West Virginia guys are out there in the transfer portal. Guys like Joe Tucson trying to check down their options. So I feel like we're in a little bit of a holding pattern on that front after we did see Trey Mitchell decide on Monday that he's going to be going to Kentucky. So there's a little bit of wait and see mode there. So While we wait and see what happens on that front, how about if we take a look at another conference that I gave a little bit of a preview on about a week and a half or so ago, but I do want to give this conference a little bit more love today as we're going to be taking a look at the Atlantic 10 and We're going to be joined in segment number two by Petey Buckets. He does the Hey 10 podcast. He also does a great job of writing just a little bit on George Mason over at giantkillers.co and we're going to be joined by him taking a look at just all these coaching moves that we've seen in the Atlantic 10 during the offseason because we did see George Mason lose their coach and Kim English who decided to head on over to the Big East. As we know, the VCU Rams, they've lost their coach as well. They did a very good job of being able to replace some with Ryan Odom in my opinion but we're going to be seeing a little bit of movement there. We've got an Atlanta in general that was just way down last season. I want to get his thoughts if we can expect things to be a little bit better, if we're going to be seeing a little bit more of the same old, same old. Going to be just gauging some of these rosters with him in general as I do think that the Atlanta is going to be a very interesting conference for this upcoming season. So we're going to be taking a look at that with him in a few minutes as if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you're able to send these in one of two ways. First one is my Twitter timeline at unitnr 41 Keep in mind letters M. Yeah. Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We did get one piece of breaking news that did happen a little bit later on in the day, so we're able to give you a little bit of something. I was fearing that we had absolutely no transfer portal movement on Tuesday, but we got one late, right around, I would say, about 8.30 or so p.m. Eastern time. We did see Jordan Brown, who was over at Louisiana last season, a former McDonald's All-American that is a very well-traveled man, decided that he is going to be going to Memphis. And this is a big ad for Memphis. I'm going to try to see if we're able to get one of our good buddies out there in Memphis and John Brown on the show to be able to talk about that within the next few days, because I think that he'd be able to lend some good insights. But for Jordan Brown, right around 19 points, Eight boards. He's able to give you a little bit of a block per contest. I remember two seasons ago, shot 44% from three. It was on a very low volume amount of threes, but still was able to shoot it from three. Last year, that went downward a little bit, but he was a primary post player on a team that went to the NCAA tournament in Louisiana, was a top 50 recruit when Eric Musselman, the MustBust, bus, was able to get him back when he was at Nevada. And Yeah, that's how long he has been playing college basketball. He was recruited by Eric Musselman while he was over at Nevada, but I do think that this is a very interesting ad for a Memphis team that you yeah, remember when Penny Hardaway was first starting out at Memphis. It was trying to become like Kentucky 2.0. They were trying to bring in a whole bunch of young guns. Now they've went very old. They're going to try to get DeAndre Williams back, who was old enough to be able to rent a car at this point, but being able to add someone like a Jordan Brown is very big because you do have David Jones, a little bit of a six foot six combo player that's able to shoot threes. And I remember two years ago when he was in the Big East, he was able to put up a triple double in a game. You bring in Nick Jordan, who's a nice rebounder, but doesn't so they give you a lot of offensive pop. Caleb Mills, he was over at Florida State last season where he was able to average double figures, and I still remember a few years ago while he was at Houston, he was the preseason American Conference Player of the Year. Never really lived up to that building, but all in all, it's an interesting Memphis roster. We're going to need to see what happens with Williams and company, but I really do like this ad for them. Going to be able to make them a little bit more rough down low, and it is someone that is able to run as Memphis always plays at one of the more up-tempo styles in all of college basketball, and certainly going to be diving into to that a little bit more within the next few days as we saw some interesting names out there in the trades for Portal and few schools that have not necessarily done the world's greatest job at the transfer portal are out there in the Atlantic 10. I do think that it's going to be a very interesting conference this season, and PD Buckets, he does a great job with the Hey 10 podcast and so much more. He joins me next to just take a look at the lay of the land in the Atlantic 10 and all the coaching moves that we saw in the offseason. That's up next right here on Cusco Suits. Meet myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast.
1: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico
2: will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
2: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
1: He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports bettor? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units' return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports.
3: Thank you for with myself, Greg Peters, and now part of the and Family podcast. It is great to be joined by our guests as this man goes by the name PD Buckets as he does a great job with the Hey Ten podcast, which that's a nice play on the Atlantic Ten as PD Buckets does an amazing job covering George Mason. He does a great job taking a look at the Atlantic Ten and so much more. I know that he does a great job contributing as well for a little bit of a George Mason website called Buy George, which you're able to follow at Buy George GMU. And to be able to follow PD Buckets on Twitter. At PD buckets, and that is with an EY at the end of PD, not just a Y. So you want to be making that distinction. And PD, my friend, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you.
4: Greg, thanks for having me on.
3: Great to have you aboard. And PD, let's first things first talk about the biggest thing that happened in college basketball. No doubt we're going to be getting into the Atlantic 10, what we saw this offseason with George Mason. But unfortunately, the Atlantic 10 was not the conference, <laughs> George Mason was not the team in the news over the last few weeks. That would be West Virginia. We've seen a lot of the fallout. We are going to be getting an interim regime with Josh Eilert that is going to be coming in. And it feels like a lot of the guys are going to be sticking around. We did see Trey Mitchell a few hours ago decide that he is going to be going to Kentucky. But all in all, just what were some of your thoughts on everything that happened with West Virginia? Because I thought it was very strange that they were trying to hire on a coach this time of year because... We've seen it with a lot of programs that have had to change out their coach. We've seen a few teams in the LA 10 have to go through this and trying to do this in the month of June. Just an unenviable situation. I do think that when it was all said and done, I do think that it was the correct decision to go with an interim coach to try to just maintain some chemistry.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's tough. Thoughts all around, including Bob Huggins. Tough really, really awful way to end a great career. Unfortunately, this happened in the beginning of his career too, or you know, closer to the beginning of his career. I think it was part of the reason that he left Cincinnati when he did. But now this just ends a Hall of Fame career entirely for him. So, big mistake, obviously, but you hope the guy gets help. Feel bad for the kids, the guys like Kirk Creesa, who you know clearly had made a lot of statements that he just fell in love with Bob Huggins when he met the guy and couldn't wait to play for him. Now he's not going to get that chance. He just pulled his name out of the portal, so he'll be coming back. But then there is kind of a funny little A-10 Lincoln here as well. Trey Mitchell has now played for his third coach that got canned because he was at UMass under Matt McCall, who's no longer there. He was at Texas under Chris Beard, who left a year after Trey went to West Virginia. And now under West Virginia, Trey's there and Bob Huggins gets the ax. So uh, Coach Calipari, watch out.
3: Yeah, it's been... Hey, and John Calipari used to coach at UMass. So, you know what? We've got a little bit of a connection it's
4: all, there. It's so. all coming around, yeah.
3: It all is coming around, but certainly that is going to be something to watch, and you got to figure that there might be a little bit more roster movement with West Virginia as well. I'm sure that there might be a few guys that are still on the fence at this point, so certainly that is going to be something to watch. But by and large, in the Atlantic 10 most of these rosters, they are set in place. And what I think it's very interesting about the Atlantic 10 is that it's coming off of, I think it's fair to say, one of the worst years we've seen for the Atlantic 10 in quite some time. And just when I was doing my conference preview, I do feel like there were a lot of key bosses in the conference as well, because you take a look at something like a Yuri Collins being out at St. Louis, that's rough for Dane, losing to Amani Kamara, losing Mustafa Amzo, even with Deron Holmes back and forth, that's rough as well. And, I'm not sure what you make out of this conference, but I put Dayton as my number one team. But it does feel like it's a very winnable conference for a lot of these teams, as long as they just have some pieces coming back, slash they did a good job in the transfer portal this offseason. Absolutely. It's it's incredibly wide open.
4: I don't think there are any really elite teams in the A-10 this year. I think Dayton, VCU are sort of the default favorites. I think they'll be good. I don't know if they'll be, you know... Top 50 good, maybe even outside the top 75. So, definitely lots of opportunity there. And I totally agree. I think when you look up and down the conference, the teams that you usually hope would carry the conference, or even the teams that finished better last year, on the whole, they all lost a whole lot more than they gained. So like Fordham is a great example last year, finished third in the conference. I know a lot of people are still high on them this year, but they have a really long way to go to replace the scoring that they lost from Quisenberry and Moore last year. I don't know if we want to start with them or if we want to bounce around, but I think that's sort of true up and down the board and people are talking themselves into teams like St. Joe's, who, you know, St. Joe's was like a fringe top 200 team in Kempom last year. We'll probably get better this year, but they didn't really add anybody, at least no Impact guys through the transfer portal. You're just sort of banking on Eric Reynolds and Lynn Greer to be to be really good for him. Duquesne added the drama twins who were you know, I don't know how much they move the needle. I think they're a good fit there. But sort of that same story all across the board, including with St. Louis, who I'm I'm sure we're going to touch on. They lose a Yuri Collins, they lose a Javante Perkins. They don't really bring in any impact guys from the transfer portal. I'm just hoping all the guys that were sort of, you know, end of the roster, you know, bench guys on a little bit of an underwhelming team last year are going to step up if they're going to really turn it into a tournament team this year. So I think your assessment is totally right. I think even though last year was the worst year in recent memory for the A10. I think that very, very strong chance this year is uh, actually significantly worse.
3: I have not seen the Atlantic 10 this far down in quite some time. And I think one of the biggest things, too, as we've got PD Buckets, who does a great job covering the Atlantic 10 joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, is those teams that were really good two years ago and three years ago as well, with the likes of a St. Bonaventure, a Davidson making the NCAA tournament either in 2021 or 2022, those were teams that really fell flat last season. And how important is it that those are the teams that get back to it? Because in the m 10 I always feel like there is a have and have not. So you're always going to have a few teams that they're outside the top 200 in Kempom, like LaSalle has been for very many years. It used to be Fordham. Fordham has been able to rise up, so you give them a little bit of credit. But there's always a few teams in this conference that are going to be a little bit lacking. But I think that it's really important that this conference has, like, two or three teams are vying for at-large bids. And especially with VCU being one of the main constants over the last few years, having a coaching change, That really hurts them, in my opinion.
4: VCU specifically, I think when you're looking at their roster, I'm a little bit concerned about their backcourt. Jason Nelson projects to be their starting point guard. I know it's kind of a fun coup for VCU fans to take him from you know crosstown rival Richmond, but there was a point in the year last year he looked like he was getting phased out at Richmond. I don't know this for sure, but he kind of think that that might be part of the reason that he entered the transfer portal in the first place. But you know he started off the year, started off the out of conference looking like freshman of the year material. And then at one point, his minutes definitely took a really big decrease. And, you know, he found his way back into the rotation, back into the top of the rotation by the end of the year. But he's not really the same caliber of point guard that VCU is used to having. VCU's just had a very sort of a silly streak of having really, really great players at that position going back, you know, over a decade now. I don't know if he's quite on that level. And then I think between him and Zeb Jackson, they've got some turnover issues. So Jason nelson and zeb jackson they both had more turnovers than assists last year for nelson especially because it's in a richmond system which really emphasizes taking care of the ball odom brought in uh, max shulga sean Berstow from utah state i think they have a lot of talent in the on the wings i think they have a lot of talent on the front court there's a concern about vcu that's going to keep them from being elite you know last year they had ace baldwin um, holding down the point i think they take a really big downgrade there this year
3: I think that they have as well, though. I do like the fact that they do bring in Odom. I think that he's a yeah. very good coach, and I think they made the best he's, of a bad great. situation. But, yeah, when you do have the turnover with a guy like a Mike Rhodes who played a very distinct style, that is going to be very rough as well. And as we know, George Mason is another one of those teams that had mm-hmm. their coach taken away by a power conference as well. But I want to get your thoughts on just overall what you've seen out of George Mason this offseason because – I think that their transfer hall has been very good. And just having the connection of Tony Skin being one of those guys <laughs> that was on that Final Four team, actually a very infamous part of that Final Four team. We all remember he is punched to someone in the private area, very nearly costed the <laughs> team an NCAA tournament bid way back in the day and, and ended the story before it began. But overall, the pieces that they do bring in, bringing in some like Darius Maddox, I do think his rocks yep. off for a George Mason team that. I put personally towards the middle slash upper middle half of the Atlantic 10, thinking that they might struggle a little bit towards the beginning of the year and ascend as the season goes along with the raw talent.
4: Yeah, so people who know me know that every offseason, I'm guilty of thinking a little bit too much of Mason. Probably no different this year. But one of the things when you're going through rosters in the A-10, not a lot of top end talent, not a lot of balance on a lot of the rosters that you'll see. And I really like the way that this staff has gone and made what I think is a pretty complete, pretty well balanced roster. It checks a lot of the boxes that you would want to check. You know, we've got, we kept Ronnie Polite and did a great job running point last year. I think we'll continue to get better. Darius Maddox, Jared Billups, a couple of really good shooters. Billups is known as a lockdown defender. They're going to have the two guard spot locked up. Keyshawn Hall, a very highly recruited transfer, like six, seven freshman from UNLV. Really, really great job getting him. We've got a couple bodies in the front court between Amari Kelly, keeping Malik Henry, a sort of of a project guy named Nicholas Privret. I feel like I'm probably missing somebody, forgetting about somebody right now. But I th- the staff has done a really good job, I think, of setting realistic targets that they can go ahead and actually get to commit to the school in head-to-head combat. And I don't think that was necessarily always the case with the way that Kim English recruited. I think Kim English shot for the stars and you know, gave us guys like Justin Fernandez, but didn't always do a great job of recruiting those guys who were going to be like really, really solid A-10 basketball players. And so I think more than anything, I've been impressed by Tony Skin and staff. They are picking fights that they can win and they are winning them because I think this roster has a ton of size, a ton of athleticism. Lots of things remain to be seen. How quickly is it going to gel? How quickly is it going to click? But of course, all positive indicators so far this offseason.
3: Yeah, but I do think that George Mason is going to be able to maintain in this conference because I do think that, to your point, they've done a good job of being able to build up this roster. I do think that it could be a case where it takes a little bit of time for these guys to be able to find some footing, might be a few losses towards the beginning part of the season just because when you do have to pretty much overhaul a lot of what they had last year with Kim English taking a lot of his guys over with them to the Big East, that is going to be a little bit rough, but at the same time, the fact that they were able to do a good job of being able to build this roster on the fly, bringing in eight guys yep. that had Division I experience last season, that is a very rock-solid job by Tony Skinnis. We've got P.D. Buckets. He does an amazing job gauging the Atlantic 10. He is joining me right here on Coast Coast Supes. And Petey, when it comes to just some of the changes that we've seen in the offseason for the Atlantic 10, we touched up on a few, obviously, talked about the— coaching change over at VCU, the coaching change at George Mason. I think that those were the biggest two changes, but in terms of teams that they've got the same coach from last year, is there maybe a team or two that you're stock up slash stocked down on the most? Because like for me, the biggest team that I'm stocked down on is St. Louis just with losing Yuri Collins. I think that that's by far the biggest loss in the conference. Yeah. You can say what you will about VCU losing Mike Rhodes. You can say what you will about George Mason losing game English, but I think both <laughs> of those teams did a good job in terms of the coaching hires. That they did make, so the overall loss isn't as big as losing the leader in assists in all of college basketball, and I think that that is absolutely going to destroy St. Louis, but at the same time, if I'm looking at a team that sock up, really like what St. Bonaventure did in the offseason, not sure who you take a look at as teams are ascending slash declining. but those are really my two.
4: Yeah, I think Bonaventure is definitely one of them. Loyola Chicago is really interesting to me. I don't, I don't quite know where I've landed on them yet because they were so bad last year. They were, I think, Ken Palm two fifty three. They shouldn't have been that bad just with the two man combination of Braden Norris and Philip Alston. I love Philip Alston. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the A ten, and I think Loyola is just so bad last year that a lot of people didn't pay attention to him. That said, they added some dudes this offseason, and I really think that Norris looks like he might be the kind of guy who's a great point guard when he's facilitating for other great scorers around him, and he maybe you know, wasn't as effective last year because he had to carry too much of the scoring load. But again, that turnover issue last year, I don't necessarily know if the guys that they got fixed that, and that might... I really got to spend some time thinking a little bit more about where I think they, they're going to shake out. But they added Sheldon Edwards, Dame Atakaloon, and Patrick Mwamba, I think from Oral Roberts, gives them good scoring. Um, Mwamba's going to give him good scoring from the wing. I think one of the other ones that I'm curious about, I think, is actually LaSalle. I don't know if LaSalle is going to break into the top half. I don't want to overstate how high I am on them, but I think they're really, really interesting. I would project their starting five to be Khalil Brantley, Jameer Brickus, Anwar Gill, Damian Shepard, and Rocco Jucius. And, you know, I think that's a really, really interesting starting five. Yoshius, in particular, really efficient in not a lot of minutes last year. And one of the big problems with LaSalle's lineup is that they did lose the Dramay twins. And I like the Dramay twins. I like their overall game, but they were the biggest guys on the floor for LaSalle at most points in the year last year. And that's just not the position that they should be playing. Those guys are at Duquesne, which makes Duquesne really interesting as well. I'm keeping an eye on LaSalle. I think Brantley and Bricus two little spark plug guards. I think they can potentially work really well.
3: Yeah, but I do think that that LaSalle team is going to be interesting as well because in terms of just raw talent and raw talent itself, they might be the worst team in the conference, but I've got them avoiding the seller as well because with Fran Dumphy, the fact that he was able to get that team to seven wins in the Atlantic 10, I'm not sure how he was able to do it, but he was able to do it. Yeah, Dumphy still knows how to coach. He's up there in years, but – I mean, he is still a tactician of the game. I've got to give him credit where credit is due. There's no way that team should have won seven games at the conference. So that is (laughs) going to be very interesting. And I just this entire Atlantic 10 is going to be a lot of fun to take a look at. PD, I know that you do a great job. With the Hate 10 podcast. I know that you contribute for a lot of different websites taking a look at the Atlantic 10. So I want to give you the floor right here. Love the good people at home. Know what's on tap for you and how people are able to follow along with all of your work on social media and other platforms.
4: Yeah, right now, follow me on Twitter at PDBuckets. We might be firing up the podcast a little bit more this year. I've got two very small kids, which makes it uh, makes it difficult to dive in and pod as much as I want to. But it should be a fun season in the A10. It might be kind of a disastrous season if uh, it doesn't go the way that we want to. but follow me on Twitter at PD Buckets. If you're a George Mason fan, follow the George Mason guys at by George GMU on Twitter. Yeah, that's where you can find us.
3: Absolutely. And PD does a great job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. It is going to be an interesting year out there in the Atlantic 10. I think we just alluded to it might not be a return to them being able to get like four bits of the NCAA tournament or anything like that. But every single year, the Atlantic 10 always delivers a lot of drama and, it doesn't matter if the Atlantic 10 is number one in terms of conference rankings or number 32, you're still able to make money on the conference. And that's all that matters <laughs> to me. So big thanks to Petey for joining me on Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at jn underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters m. They mean doesn't matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. We're already through, I believe now, six conference previews as far this season. You're going to be getting one on every single conference. Looking at doing the CAA and Conference USA, hopefully within the next week or so. So those are the two that are going to be on tap. And we're going to be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. And then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.